Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. All right, so here we are once again with a Biz 10 episode of the Good Athlete Podcast. Again, on these Biz 10 episodes of the podcast, we highlight athletes who've had success on the court, on the field, on the pool, whatever it might have been, and were somehow able to transfer that success to the business world. Today's guest is Jerry Hester. Jerry won a Big Ten championship with the University of Illinois during the 1997-98 season. The teams he led went to three NCAA tournaments, and there's no doubt Jerry was the heart of that team. He was a captain, and his production was off the charts. He finished in the top 10 of the Big Ten in both field goal percentage and field goals made during that Big Ten championship season, and finished his college career with 11.4 points per game and 1.6 assists per game. He has gone on now to found the Hester Insurance Group. It's an independent risk management firm, and he'll explain a little bit about it in the podcast. As we get into today's conversation, I think it'll be very easy to recognize that not only is Jerry an incredibly accomplished human being who, again, has transferred his success in athletics, his processes to the world of business, but he's also a genuinely good man. And it was so fun to sit across the table, share a cup of coffee with this guy because his energy lit up the room. Once again, plenty of lessons to be learned in today's episode. I think you're really going to enjoy today's podcast, co-hosted by myself and Hugh Williams with the one and only Jerry Hester. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo, honestly, anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you. All right, yes, yes. All right, welcome to Biz 10. Where, where are we at today? Map Room, where we're always at. Where the, map room. the Map Room at Hoyne and Armitage. Thanks to our good friends at Map Room for giving us a spot. Uh, today, our guest is the esteemed Jerry Hester. <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll give you the $20 for that, too, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Can we give uh, 40, 40, 40. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 20, 20, 20 is too cheap. Twenty so, cheap. Right. So I heard this the other day, made me think of Jerry. I was listening to the Conan O'Brien show, whatever that's called, and he had Robert Caro on, mm-hmm. and he was talking about his birthday. And he said, "Oh yeah, the other day had a birthday, and as we were finished singing the uh, happy birthday song, my children looked at me and said, you 'You're hurtling toward the tomb.' Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was just like, you know." I'm- that's funny. That's fucking funny. I'm and I thought of I thought of Jerry because Jerry's an insurance guy. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. I don't think I've ever been compared to Conan O'Brien no, until now. Right. So. That's, that's right. right. And, I was, and you're both six five. Conan O'Brien's that's a tall guy, that's right? Point. Six uh, six, by the way. But I, nobody's counting. He's that's six right. six. That's right. bio. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Inch yeah. Taller yeah. Than Conan O'Brien. Up, update the bio, please. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, Jerry, Peoria, Peoria Manual, right? That's right. Peoria Manual's right. finest powerhouse high school program. Uh, won it, went to University of Illinois, all Big Ten. That's right, yeah. And uh, Big Ten champion, and, but more importantly, a champion in life. Mm. And, uh, yeah, did you like that one? That was great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Champion in life, doing uh, wonderful things. I just met Jerry through a good, great long-term friend of mine who I've done some work with in the past. And in light of what we're desirous of talking about, which is athletes who perform not only in the field, but professionally, personally, and talk about some of the influences in your life and just mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, you know, keeping with the mantra of, of uh, the good athlete project. We're here to talk about good athletes, good coaches, impacting your life, that kind of thing. So... Yeah, that's the intro. That's a wonderful intro. So I wonder if if, uh, if if an easy enough way to start would be what we were talking about just before. Okay. That that season where you were six and five, where you were uh, picked last in the Big Ten. The team was picked last in the Big Ten, and you guys were able to kind of come together and pull off something pretty incredible. Yeah, it was uh, it was my fifth year in college. Uh, so I was in college for five years, but and the reason why that is, is the my, exact uh, opposite. But of I graduated every in four. Player. But okay. I graduated <laughs> in four. So, uh, he wasn't well done. <laughs> yeah, well done, well done. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so I was coming off a back injury. Uh, we had just lost one of the all-time greats, Kiwan Garris, mm-hmm. the year before, and so going into that season. Um, you know, we had a you know a bunch of role players and myself coming off a back injury, and it's like there's no way they're going to be very good this year. Mm-hmm. And so we were picked last going into the season. Last, last in the Big Ten. Northwestern um, is in the Big Ten. So that just tells you what they thought of us. That's my so, alma mater. That's, yeah. right. that's my alma mater. <laughs> and I love the Cats. And, and, and that was then, right. by the way. So that was then. That back, was then. Back then, that was pretty normal for Northwestern <laughs> to be towards the yeah, bottom, if not then. at the bottom. So we were right there at the bottom as far as where we were picked. Uh, we started the season. We had a very tough uh, non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Played UCLA. They had Baron Davis at the time. Texas yeah. had a bunch of great players. We actually beat Texas that year. Uh, but started six and five, and we had five seniors on our team. And so, not not really realizing what we were about to embark on, but we had a team meeting. We said, you know what? This is our last Big Ten season. You know what do we want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And it was, was only that, the team that, without the coaches. Without the okay, coaches, okay. this was uh, this was only the only the players. And we got together, and one of the players, it was actually one of the sophomores, said, "Let's win the Big Ten. And he just kind of said it jokingly. Yeah. And we all kind of looked around and said, "Do we really want to accomplish that?" And you know, obviously, every game you go out, you want to win. Right. Uh, but the idea of winning a Big Ten championship, it kind of sparked when he said that. Like mm-hmm. that's something that we want to go after. And so the two team captains, myself and another captain, Brian Johnson, went to our coach and we told him, when we do the scouting reports from now on, give them to us. Let us do the scouting reports in front of the team. So usually, you know, the coach comes in, right. tells you about the players, what, what things they do well, things they don't do well, how you can scheme to be better. We actually took that on as a team first. So did you guys do the game plan then? Yourself? We didn't do the game okay. plan. They, they would come up with, with they would come up with the scouting reports. Then right. we would take the scouting reports, okay. take them to the team in the locker room, go over them before the coaches actually got in. Okay. So when the coaches came in to talk about it, we were having discussions as opposed to mm-hmm. just the coaches telling us what we should and shouldn't do. Right. So we, so I guess an easy way to say it, we were invested yeah. in the process. Yeah. yeah. And being invested in the process, it allowed us to come together as a team early on in the Big Ten to where we started 4-0, and that confidence really propelled us throughout the year. And 
by the end of the year, we were 13 and three in the Big Ten and uh, had a Big Ten ring. Now, how did that differ from the previous year? I mean, I know you were were you on IR that your fourth year, right? You were yes, in your fourth year. Yep. So, what was the attitude of the team like that year? You know, the attitude was uh, pretty. It, it was it was the same, but it was it was also a transition. One thing I left out was uh, that my senior year I got hurt when I was when I was out, and we had some uh, pretty good players. Uh, we had a new coach. Lon Kruger had just came in that oh, year. Yeah. And so that was his first year, uh, the year I sat out. And we made it to the to the tournament, actually got to the second round of the tournament. Um, and so that transition of really being vested was already starting to play itself out. But it was really in that second year. Now you have five seniors. That makes it a little bit different too. You know, when right. you have one or two seniors versus, you know, two or three freshmen, you know, when you have that, that mix, you know, it's a little – I wouldn't say it's more difficult, but when you have five seniors that are all starting, mm -hmm. all on the same place that have been together for five, yeah. four or five years, it yeah. makes a big difference. What was, uh, go ahead. I, was, I, I want to know more about Lon because here's what jumps out to me from that. I would suggest, and I hope no coaches listening to this take this the wrong way, but I, I don't know that everyone would be open to that sort of input from their team to, to hand the reins over to the team. It makes complete sense. We were talking about some psychological variables before yes. we jumped on. Uh, it makes complete sense to design a system where the, the players, the people who are actually like involved in the game, have some kind of ownership in not only the outcome, but the, the uh, like you said, the, the scouting report, mm -hmm. the, the front end stuff. But to hand that piece of paper over or whatever it may have been, that takes some confidence on behalf of the coach too. Like I, it, it's not me, it's us. Right. Here you go, captains. Yeah, no, I think, and Coach Kruger was was really big on everybody being invested. And so yeah. I think he, he really embraced that and probably to some degree had kind of planted it in our heads without us realizing it sure. beforehand. Sure. And, and, and let us have that freedom to take the reign. And I remember uh, it was in his first year and it was the year I got, I got injured. Uh, but I remember we were in practice and, mm -hmm. you know, one of those days where nothing's going right. Mm -hmm. Team is goofing around a little bit. Right. And, you know, he made the statement to say, this is where I coach you. Mm -hmm. I'll make adjustments during the game, but this is where I coach you. And it kind of struck me as that makes all the sense in the world. Like, yeah. this is where we really, at practice, really start to hone in on our skills and then we can make it or he can make adjustments during the game. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was then he really talked about this is where you need to be vested. Right. You need to be vested not only in the games, but be vested 110% every day you walk into this uh, on this court. So the attitude mm -hmm. of this is where I coach you. I, I always think it's interesting the things that people remember from what their coaches right. tell them. And so when when you when uh, Lon said to you, "This is where I coach you," how is that translated into sort of? life after basketball and I mean is but by, by the way was Lou Henson more influential than Lon Kruger or what I mean uh, well I, I think they both had, had yeah. influence uh you know I've had coaches along you know I can go back to my high school days I had uh you know what I think is were you guys the, like five time state champions I mean Manuel was four, power, four right? in a row and and, and it they start. They won the year after I left, so that just tells you the, the lack of <laughs> the lack of influence I had. So that was the run, that was the run of four. That was the start. The the the, the year after I left. The but but when you talk about coaching, uh, you know my high school coaches, uh, Dick Van Syak, who was the all time uh, winningest coach in, in Illinois. I think Illinois high school right. basketball history. Yeah. Uh, coach Wayne McLean, who ended up going on to coach at the University of, at Illinois uh, as an assistant coach. 
and at Kansas State as well when he uh, followed Bruce Weber. Uh, Coach Westendorf, who was involved uh, with Sean Livingston's development, who's now sure. oh, yeah. three-time NBA champion. Yeah. Uh, so those were my high school coaches. So I can go back all the way to high school and talk about some of the influences that I've had uh, throughout my career um, as, as an athlete. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, yeah. Lou Henson definitely had influence. Uh, Jimmy Collins, who was the assistant coach, oh, yeah. uh, who uh, recruited me to Illinois, also had quite an influence on my early development when I got to Illinois and then Lon Kruger, you know, the last couple of years. I like that. And you talk about transfer. I mean, you run your own show now. Yes. Right. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that. And then maybe some of some of what you picked up from that all star cast of coaches. What do you utilize now? What from them do you see yourself practicing? Ooh, um, you know, it's interesting. Well, I think the from high school, I remember uh, early on, um, you know, my Wayne coach, Wayne McClain right. would always talk about and, and it's a cliche saying, but, you know, stand up for something, you know, mm -hmm. believe in something. And, and, and go after it and believe in yourself. And uh, that always stuck with me. And just tell you a quick story. So I never forget my sophomore year, I am, I get my first letter from the University of Iowa. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm hot stuff. And I got my, <laughs> my first recruiting letter. This is big time, right? So, and he was my homeroom teacher as right. well. So, right. you know, you go into high school and that's like the first 15 minutes right. of, of school you're in this homeroom before you actually go to your first class sure. you know i slap it on the table and show right. him he looks at it opens the letter up he takes his thumb and kind of licks it a little bit and goes over uh tom davis who was a coach at iowa at the time over right. the signature and says you see that and i said no and he said it didn't smear uh, and i was like <laughs> yeah okay he said yeah he said this is a type letter about that's right two thousand student athletes got this letter around the country right. you oh, aren't the only good. one Jerry. that's good if you want to be if you want to actually get a letter, it'll have to be a uh, a signed letter. It's got to be handwritten. It's got to be a handwritten letter. If 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 you think that you want to be hot that's, stuff, that's right. right. And that. so, and so from that story, that all that rest of that day, okay, you know, I got into school. My head is this big, of course. right? So fifteen <laughs> yeah. minutes later, I mean, I'm about you know, eight well, inches tall, and I'm walking in my and the head coach comes up and says, "Jerry, what's wrong? You know, usually, you know, energized all right, day." Right, I right, said, yeah. "Man, you know, I." I got to figure out a way, you know, I got this letter, Coach, Coach McClain said it, it didn't mean anything. Yeah, oh, and he good. said, well, what do you want to do about it? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, what do you want to do about it? Right. I said, well, well, I guess I'll work harder, you know, mm -hmm. you yeah, know yeah, cliche yeah, saying, right, right, right. right? He said, so what does that mean? Yeah, and so he mean? kept asking questions and right. we got to the point to where, so school started at like seven o'clock or 7.30, whatever it was. We got to the point where he asked questions to where I ended up the next day being in school at six o'clock. Yeah. Because I was working on my game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we got to a point with those questions to say, okay, if you want to achieve that scholarship, if you want to achieve that handwritten letter, right, you have to do something different yeah. that somebody else isn't doing. And you have to be willing to have that, to take that sacrifice to get to right. where you want to go. Right. Did I want to get up at 15, 16 years old at 5.30 in the morning? No, no. To walk to school? No. No. <laughs> Um, but I did it. Right. And it was because of the questions that he asked. And so uh, a long-winded version to say, you know, as I transition now until I look at where I was before I started my firm, I was with a great mentor of mine uh, in the insurance business who I worked with. And, but it became a point where it was like, okay, what do I want to do? 
you know, what is my legacy that I want to leave? That I want to leave? Um, what are the things I want to accomplish? And while it was great to be a part of that organization, I felt like I was still missing something. And right. so that that led me to those questions I kept asking myself that my coach had instilled in me, like, okay, get to what it is you really want. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to start my own firm um, and to go out on my own and to and, and to move forward. I love that, man. And that's it's kind of scary <laughs> to go ahead and do something like that, which reminds me of the other conversation we were having, yeah. uh, the firefighter idea. Oh, man. Tell yeah. us about this, because I think that's something we were talking about. Uh, um, well, you know a whole sure. lot more about this. Gonna be, this is going to be news to me. <laughs> no, I'm, this I'm is, excited to hear this about is good. Yeah, so, uh, but I mean, you know obviously a whole lot more than I know, but I was reading an article and it was talking about uh, the brain and how, you know, um, how we use the brain right. and, and in different ways. And it, and it, 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 it was talking about how it, it compared a firefighter. Like, so we, um, so as a firefighter, they, they have emotions, negative emotions, just like, you know, any human being. Does. Right. You know, and, and I'm talking about as far as them going into a fire, they have the emotion of fear. They don't want to do it. They're afraid. They have the They're emotion of fear, it. just like, a person, a regular person standing next to him would have if they were looking at a fire. Right. The difference is, is that the parts of their brain that they've been able to, and I don't want to use the word manip- manipulate, but they've been able to, they've been able to process it differently because of their expertise, their training, et cetera, that that's not a stop signal to them. Right. And so the feeling emotions can be empowering and disempowering. And right. for them, it's an empowering emotion to say, I feel fear, but I'm not afraid to go to go into that fire, whereas that person that doesn't have the expertise and has, hasn't taken the time to learn, uh, you know, the, the you know what that right. what it takes to go in there, right. um, you know, th- I guess that's the difference. And so yeah. that that empowering, disempowering feeling of emotion. What is Does that fear? make sense? You it, you know it, Jim it better well, than I'm I do. Happy to and you know Hugh's looking at me like, what the heck no, are you he's talking got about? He knows Clean this up for me, man. I'll, Clean I'll this up. Clean it up. He knows it because he's felt it before I've, you. I've go. never been scared. He's never okay. That's never. Fair. That's, huh, right? that's fair. But you can you know what you can well, imagine. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. That's right. But like okay, it's this. It's like before. Before you take the field versus Notre Dame, right? It's like it's butterfly. Mm. It's either it's uh, it can go one of two directions. It's 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 the same fight or flight response oh, yeah. uh, in response to like an, an environmental cue, right? It's it's uh, it's part of the sympathetic nervous system. It's like you see a threat, you see an obstacle, you see a Notre Dame coming out of tunnel, you see uh, you're going into Madison Square Garden, or you see a, an inferno, yeah. right? And your body has a response. And the way, and you were, we were mentioning the way that you frame that response, that will essentially lead you down the path of these rippling responses. Well, part of that is training, though, right? I mean, 100%. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to work on the mind because that's right. You know, I mean, it's an ability to deal with outcomes, right? Totally. I mean, you know, that's really, I feel like the number one thing for me playing sports was, you know, recognizing that a loss isn't the end of the world. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, a win. Isn't the end of the world. I mean, like I had a coach. He's a horrible coach. I might add. I won't. And he coached in the NFL. A terrible coach. Right. But uh, <laughs> but he did have a quote. It became the. I think he's probably dead now. Became the offense coordinator of oh, Arizona Lord. Cardinals. So <laughs> okay. so I don't think I can get in trouble. But anyway, the point is, here's what he he said. One thing that stuck out to me in college, which was, hey guys, uh, you're never as good as you think you are, mm-hmm. and you're certainly not as bad as you think mm-hmm. you are. Mm-hmm. So you know, it wasn't quite motivational. 
but I understand. <laughs> but it, well, it, you know what? But it could be empowering right. because you're not bouncing yes. off the ceiling right. and, the, yeah. and the ground yeah. all the time. Yeah. You're kind of living in a more interior threshold. And, and, and that, again, probably goes to the firefighter thing. When, when one of us right. would walk toward a burning building, we're boom, we're all the way up here. Right. Okay? But they're, it's not that they're not responding. They're just operating within... Right. within their threshold. They don't get overwhelmed quite as easily so they can operate or even be inspired by that fear. Right. That's, so Jerry, yeah. when you were with your mentor and you looked in your life and you said, you know what? I've got two daughters, I've got One a wife, daughter. I've got a daughter, and, son, got, yep. and a son and a wife, and uh, I'm about to step off this ledge yeah. and go, I mean, was that, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, your feelings at that point and... Yep. Um, how you dealt with them and what, what, you know, what you did to get through that. Well, part of the background of me starting my own firm was I, I was fortunate to have the mentor. And my mentor, uh, you know, we were a boutique firm, but a lot of our clients were, were you know, household names, whether they were executives of large Fortune 500 yeah, companies, right. et cetera. And so I had the opportunity to learn from, from really one of the best in the entire industry. Oh, okay. Uh, and... A lot of the uh, firms that we were associated with, we would have conferences and very high-end conferences when right. you look at the insurance uh, world. And it wasn't very diverse. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start my own firm was because I looked at the landscape and I said, well, you know, there's something missing. There's, you know, quite a few people in this room, but there's, you know, two people of color and right. three women. And, right. and, and that was something that I thought, you know, I, I guess I'll take another step back. Is that I remember my uncle always told me that, um, you know, if, if you complain about something, yeah, either either change it, make make an impact on it, or you got to let it go. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the things where uh, I would go, on, go to these conferences, and I started feeling myself not complain as far as like there was something wrong with the right, group. Right, but it right. was like you know why why is this the case? And it's mm -hmm. like well can I make an impact on this or do I need to let it go? And it was yeah. like, you know, I can make an impact on this. Right. And again, asking those questions to the point where it's like, you know, I can make a bigger impact if I'm out there as far as starting my own firm and, right. and creating, help create change when it looks at, when, you know, when you look at it from a diversity standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of drove me to want to feel like, okay, I'm stepping out on this ledge, mm -hmm. but I really believe in it. And, right. and I know I can accomplish it. Uh, accomplish it. And, it goes back to what Jim and you know what we were talking about before we we started this was, uh, you know, one of my mottos is this uh, strangest secret book that I've that I read. Uh, Earl Nightingale. It's, it's kind of a Earl Nightingale. It's a motivational yeah, book, right. and uh, it, you know, it's real simple, and you know, it's, it's you become what you think about, and 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 it's true. And you know, I can go back into different parts of my, you know, uh, career as an athlete. And mm -hmm. think about you know what things I want to accomplish. Speaking about the scholarship deal, yeah, you know, right. my assistant coach, you know, from that day on, when I started getting up at six a.m. in the morning, you know, I knew I was going to get a scholarship, yeah. and it was nothing that was going to stop me from doing mm -hmm. that. And you know, the impact and the legacy that I want to that I want to leave for my for my family, right. um, my wife and my kids, is that you know I want to make sure that um, you know the things I want to accomplish in the insurance business right. are beyond just you know, making a dollar, you know, how can I make an impact and a legacy mm -hmm. and leave something? And part of that is, is the diversity. And so when I started my own firm, you know, I do have fear, Hugh, even though you don't, <laughs> right. uh, but it, it's that fear of, okay, I feel it. Yeah. I can internalize it. I can process it, but it's a go. It's right. not a stop. Right. Right. It's just a matter of when. 
Yes. I, I love that idea. And, and, and the thinking about it idea, I should look more into the psychology or the positive psychology, or the secret psychology, all this stuff. But it, but it makes total sense to me. It's like, if for no other reason, it's like, what's your default operating level? And if mm -hmm. you're always thinking about it, then when you're driving to work, you're thinking about it. When you're yes. doing, quote, nothing, most people, other people right. who might not be quite as driven, they might actually be doing nothing. You're not, you're processing, you're rehearsing. You're like, what, what might this meeting look like? So when you get into it, you're ready to go. Well, it's just like being in, in, in sports. Just you know, like the night, that's the night right. before, night before the game, you're, you're thinking about, okay, you know, I know I'm playing against this one player. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're playing those situations out in your mind, whether they actually come true or not. You're actually playing those out in your mind to see, uh, you know, and some of it does come true. And that, you know, when you when you play in the in the game the next day. Yeah. Uh, did you think about doing uh, when you when you started your 5:30 regime in high school? Did that translate into other parts of your life? Did you find that you became a more focused student? Were you? I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. Did you become like a better dude, or were you just like all basketball all the time at well, that time? I, I was a good student. I wouldn't say a great student. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> so I don't think it, it translated. I, I think it just made me more responsible, right? Uh, in general, mm -hmm. because I wanted that so bad, I wasn't hanging out. And late at night, right, right, you know, you know, when, when my friends were hanging out, and you know, to some degree, was I uncool for that at the time? Yeah, but yeah. I didn't, I did, I didn't care. You know, I was, I was driven by a goal. I love that. So uh, I think what you're getting to, we call those cornerstone habits. So mm -hmm. like, um, like whether it's waking up early, whether it is I got to get this many shots up a day, whether right. it's I got to eat this kind of breakfast, whatever it is, right. can can you find a habit? that aligns with your motivation well enough that you'll actually mm. do it every day. Yes. And then what does everything else start to look like in your life? We have a we have a cornerstone question in regard to that and it is, does your behavior match your goal? And if you're saying, I wanna be a scholarship guy, yes. then, then that's what you do. And you might miss out on a few things, but whatever, your definition of cool changes. Exactly. You know, it's pretty yep. damn cool to wear a Big Ten championship ring around. <laughs> that's and right. not everyone can say that. Yeah. So yep. <laughs> you, 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 some people took their wins early, you were stockpiling them. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I had to put the ring away because my, my wife was like, you know what? You don't have to wear it everywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, You're actually in the house taking off. you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you're not wearing it today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There you go. Right? There you so, go. She's, she's like, it's one ring you should wear. Um, ah, but. that's good. See? Because I, I took my, my, my hands get fat at night and mm -hmm. I take off my ring. Your Big Ten I, championship ring? Yeah. I, 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 uh, <laughs> working yeah. On, we're working on it still. Hey. The year after I graduated, Northwestern won the Big Ten. That's right. So that's called I'm legacy. That's called yeah, legacy. That's, that's legacy. Right. That's that's like, you know, right. how you, uh, they won the state championship. The year that's after right. Graduated. That's right. So, um, so how long have you been out on your own, and uh, what what what's the future look like? 2016 is when when we started. Oh, so right. August of 2016 uh, is when we started this uh, this, this journey. And uh, what's your wife's involved in the business too, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. So this was this was this was a joint effort. Right. This was uh, mm -hmm. you know I'm you know and and it was more of her saying hey you know you you want to do this well, then I'm with you right let's, mm -hmm. let's let's go do it let's let's leave that legacy and uh, so. Again, you know, from what we do, you know, our, you know, we're in the insurance business, and you know, from a pure insurance perspective, you know, it's, it's just helping individuals, institutions be more tax efficient around wealth accumulation and, and wealth transfer to, to the next generation. Hmm. And so, from a pure business perspective, that's you know very simple in what we do, and we try to keep it simple because a lot of people look at insurance and then their eyes glaze over. So, right. you know, we kind of have a, uh, you know, a, we call it set S. 
ET, you know, simple, efficient, transparent. Right. That's how we deal with, 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 our, with our client base. Um, and so Their eyes glaze over. That's funny because that's when, you know, when I go to parties and I don't want to talk to someone. They say, what do you do? I say, I sell insurance. That's what, when you go on it, right? That's right. It's like, ah, I need that. And I do the opposite. I don't tell people. They say, what do you do? Ah, you know, I, I just put on a suit and came in there and crashed the party. So, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I just go to parties. I stay away from the insurance. I go to parties right. and wear my Big Ten ring. And... Right. And your um, kids. So. Yes. They see you going to work every day. They know of your history as an athlete, right? Yes. And and um, how do they? Well, I mean, what do you? What kind of things do you say and do with them to help guide them? You know, mm -hmm. on their on their journey. You know, and how are they doing? They're doing well. You know, I have uh, our our daughter is a freshman at, at University of Illinois Chicago, so right sure. here in the city. Staying on campus, we made sure she stayed on campus, and she wanted to stay on campus. Right. She didn't want to right. stay stay at home. So uh, she's doing well. Had a uh, uh, in her first year, done very well in her right. first year of college. And my son's a freshman in high school. Okay. So we have a freshman. No, he's actually soccer and track. Okay. So he's in track right now, and it's interesting. We talk about those highs and lows, right. and he's learning the ability that you know if he, if he has a good race. Not to be too high about it. If he has a bad race, don't be too low. Yeah, right. Stay consistent and, and, and stay driven, uh, you know, uh, every, every moment of the day. But, uh, but yeah, so the, the, ki the, the kids are doing well. And, and yes, they see, see mom and dad get up and go to work every day. And I think that's important. And right. whether we're actually leaving the house to go to work, because a lot of times, you know, it's easier for my, my, my wife just to sure. know, stay at home. And, you know, in today's day and age, you don't have to necessarily you know, go to an office all right. the time. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, our, our our kids, you know, they have their own personality, you know, kids, and, and it's fun to, to watch them grow and to see who they're turning out to be. And, you know, being that we have, I guess you can say older kids, they're 18 and 15, right. uh, just to see their own personalities and how mm -hmm. they're growing. And, you know, just really yesterday and the day before, there was an incident at my son's uh, high school, that actually made the national news. Oh, yeah, with the yeah. with the with the two kids that dressed up in blackface. Blackface, right? And, what, yeah. Uh, so uh, it was on yeah. the front page of the paper. Is this at Homewood? Yeah, Homewood yeah, Homewood Flossmore. Yeah. So that's you know, so my son's a freshman there, and um, you know it's one of those things. As parents, you know, you you talk about it, and you know, yesterday and talking to him about you know what was his feelings about that. Yeah. And really, just the message was, however you feel about that, however you want to process that, uh, make sure you know why you're doing it mm -hmm. and believe it. Right. And and so, you know, you talk about the kids and those are the kind of the things that we, we try to, you know, stay, you know, talk to our kids about and make sure that, you know, they, we instill that leadership and that ability mm -hmm. to, to do some of the things that we've talked about here. So what happened? I have not picked up that paper. What what happened over there? So, I mean, the gist of it is that there were uh, some high school students that, uh, some uh, white high school students that, that put blackface uh, on their face, and, and, I, and I guess they put it on, on social media. Or they like, were, for what purpose? That, that I don't know. And they, apparently... Just to have fun with it? Yeah, absolutely. For lack yeah, of a better word, yeah. right? Um, and, uh, yeah, so... You know, without knowing all the details, you know, I don't want to, you know, miss sure. miss miss sure. anything. But that was the gist. So they had blackface. They were laughing about it. They had put it on social Post media. Right. And I think they there was a couple or there was an incident where they were, I think, talking to uh, some uh, some young African American females at McDonald's that worked at a McDonald's, and uh, 
uh, there was stories that there were some disparaging things that they said wow. about it. And and the, the 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 issue was the fact that nothing or soon nothing had been done hmm. as far as them being the, punished yeah, yeah. at school for right. for that. And so there was a uh, an issue there. Um, and so, but again, we talked to you know you, as a parent, you can kind of brush it aside and just right. let it go. But that's one of those moments as a parent, you know, you say, hey, what? How do you feel about that? And you know, one of those teaching moments, you know, yeah. be a leader, you know, don't be a follower. And, and what does that look like? I don't want to necessarily sure. linger there too long, but, but to empower someone with the language to have that kind of conversation in 2019, I think that's an important skill to give people. So how, yeah, how do you walk them through that? Well, it's, it's really, you know, how, so how do you feel? You know, and, and that's really the right, question that right. we, we were posing to him and, and why, and why, question. Yeah. And, and why do right. you feel that way? Right. And, and, and what, what impact do you want to make on that? Right. And there you so, go. Back to your idea. So really, it's right. just those that simple questioning along the lines, and 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 you know, and not imposing my will on how I may feel about something based on my own experiences, because mm-hmm. he has to. Right. Those are his experiences now. Right. right. So how does he deal with it? And just making sure, you know, again, as parents, we're never, you know, you learn you you, you make a lot of mistakes along sure. the way too, and so it's just trying to instill uh, the tools to allow you know him or my daughter. Uh, you know, when, when she comes up to with situations that they have the tools to to process it and deal with it, kind of what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's intense, man. And and I think it's um, just what it, what an important time to be having that conversation. You mentioned social media. I have all sorts of. I'm actually doing a presentation on. It's called Your Brain on Social Media. I'm doing it today at two o'clock. I need so, help on that because if you talk to my family, I'm technology. Are you? Dude, stay away. <laughs> well, stay away. I don't have any social media. Yeah. So I mean, as you know, we've talked about it a ton. Under just, the radar, I off the grid. I just don't believe in it. That's I mean, right. I do have LinkedIn, but I don't believe. I mean, I really. I, and I, I shouldn't say I don't believe in it. I actually understand it. Yeah, you believe it's I real. I don't show it to you. Use it. <laughs> yeah. I understand it's right. real. Right, but you know, I try. My exposure is just very, mm-hmm. very limited. And so, you, yeah, yeah. Well, I get, my son hasn't watched television yet, right? I mean, he's yeah, two, right, good. almost. But don't you know, buy I'm TV trying. Don't no, try Sponge, no SpongeBob, no nothing. He no. Wa- I, I take that back. We watched the Masters, and I gave him a little <laughs> golf club. <laughs> Just for the Instagram pic. That's right. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yeah, he knows golf. I mean, you know, I got him focused on the right things. But anyway. Well, no, that's good. Well, So we can come full circle. I, I don't want to leave that hanging. So my, my point in the whole thing was, uh, and we can definitely come back to brain on social media if we want to. But... Uh, by the way, for people who can't see this, Hugh knows every single person who's walked Man, in the door so seriously? far. So the um, you're like Norm, like the mayor of the map room. <laughs> no, no, you're no, Norm. no, Drew, Drew's the manager. He's the mayor of the map room. Is he? And then we saw the president of the map room. And then, I'm just and a constituent. Okay, fair I enough. come here for my coffee, and I come here for my beer. It's very right. simple. You're, 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 you're the treasurer. Four blocks from my house. You're the treasurer. Of <laughs> yeah, the... You know, yeah, right. I feel like one thing. Also, I'm sorry, I got us off task. You know what? One thing. A big, you know, what's focused here is, is Africa's front and center. Front and center. I mean, it's <laughs> just a different perspective because we've got maps here, by the way. I'm with you, and you don't like social media or GPS, so you just come here, figure out where you're going to go, <laughs> right. the map room, and then you get on the road. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, all to say, <laughs> yes, yeah. all to say, conversations like the one that you said you had with your son are have are are more and more apparent necessarily. Mm-hmm. Because the world, like, because we can see the world in a way that we hadn't before. For example, yeah. I don't know if 
20 years ago, that incident is is everywhere. It's national news. In right. a way, that it might have just glossed under the radar and that stuff happens. Now we get to see it, talk about it, frame it, decide what's to do next. So again, but empowering people with that language and, and having those, what can be very challenging conversations for people, that's an important skill. Well, and I think the, the, the important thing, you know, because going with the social media and, and the idea of now it being able to be seen by a lot of people is... You know, that can be a, a, a positive, but it also can be a negative. Sure. That people start to just put out information right. mm-hmm. because, you know, again, you know, the media can be a it, it can create an environment to where there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, hate as well. Yeah, you it know, can for, polarize very fast. Yeah. Right. And so it, it, it's the, not bringing people together. Yeah. And so so it, I don't it, think. Well, well, not well, it's, its intentions might not be. Not all the time. Right. I, mean, I, I think there's positive and negative to right. it. But, okay. but I think yeah. the the important part of, you know, again, with having a child or two kids that are on social media all the time is making sure that they can, that they have the tools to process it for themselves. Right. Not based on you read 10 different statements and say, mm-hmm. oh, I believe that. No. Believe because it's something that you process, right. not because right. somebody told you. Right. Well, and I love that. I think where you're going is... Um, like thoughtful, broad, deep conversations aren't headlines, right. and, and you know, what I mean? and you have to sell headlines. But it's almost like the fire thing. I'm going to make a comparison to where we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, that could you see that headline, and that could be that could trigger something in you that may, that pushes you in down right. a certain line of thought so quickly, like a fire. Yep. You know, like we would behave in front of a fire, or if someone is being thoughtful, like you are. So here's your compliment, but it's the absolute truth. Or you could use it to spark a discussion and self-reflection and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, it's the same kind of thing. Here's this this, this really uh, potentially stress, I use stress from the physiological yes. perspective, mm-hmm. really stressful moment and idea. Do we go the easy route and say, F those kids, blah, 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 which is right. you'd, be, you'd feel, you'd be perfectly justified in doing so, okay? Mm-hmm. Or do you use it as an, as an opening, as opening the door to a discussion? And if more people took polarizing headlines, and instead opened up a discussion, then maybe social media stuff like that could lead us down maybe a better path. Some people are doing it, I would say, certainly say not all. Well, and I, but it goes back to, you know, with the Good Athlete Project, as far as being an athlete, you learn as an athlete from your coaches, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you confront confrontation? Oh, yeah. Because you have to. You know, if there's two teammates that have an issue, you know, you may fight in the locker room. You still got a whole season to deal with each other, so mm-hmm. you have to confront that. You know, you just can't. I think that's it... a good title for a book, by the way. Confronting confrontation. Confronting, confronting <laughs> confrontation. Write that down. Confront... <laughs> write that down. Well, you said, how do you confront confrontation? Well, but it's something to do with right. you know, being I mean, an athlete. That, I, I mean, that's you, right. you have that's to right. deal with sense, right? you have to deal with that confrontation. And you know, I graduated in speech communications, but it's, it's amazing that you know from uh, that curriculum the things that I learned. But I learned just as much, or if not more, of communicating as an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, being in, the, in, in an environment where you had to communicate verbally and non-verbally. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, uh, but it's both. And, um, you know, and going back to the conversation about the kids and social media, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, confronting that situation and not just letting it fester in your mind mm-hmm. or kind of just putting it aside. Uh, and you may get to process it and still feel that, you know, I don't like that person or that person that, is wrong. Right. But process it first before you got you, to it thoughtfully, yeah. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we always we talk about being um, responsive or reactive. 
and you can still say F those kids. Right, yeah. But when I say I'm calm kids, it makes it sound worse. But F <laughs> those guys. But but if you but if you take the logical progression to get there, yes. then maybe you're justified in doing so. Yep. You know what I mean? That makes a lot more sense. So same outcome, but that thoughtful process will then and, and people are like, Wow, the outcome's the same, I'm outcome whatever. Um, I think the act of slowing down and thinking matters and when you say you have to have those uh, conversations in sport that's that's exactly right emotions are high interesting mm -hmm. group dynamics right. we talk about whether it's basketball playing uh for a conference championship we, we've talked about um just what, what it's like being in a big 10 locker room right. just by the scale of the roster right it's an absolute that you're not going to get along with some guys and the emotions are high yeah. and you're going to south bend right and, you know what it means right. and you got to work through things oh yeah i mean we got they uh our coach i went through a coaching change coach barnett we, he had to take the sound system out of the locker room because we got in fights over the radio. Over what right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, so what did you want to play, Hugh? I'm no, just, no, no, no. Well, what I, kind of music I, I wasn't part play? of the country group. <laughs> <laughs> but we had country. Yeah. And we had R&B. Like, so yeah. we alternated. Wow, yeah. And if one of those days the wrong music was on, then people got in a fight over it. There was a problem. Yeah. Right. Well, you yeah. were just born too early because you know what? Didn't Nelly do a song yeah, with the country? Yeah, the overlap. That's right. You could right. just have that one song playing for the next four hours. Oh, country grammar. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the first one? But I, you know, I like theme songs. So I, I would have just right. been playing the soundtrack Lion to like soundtrack. China. I'm with you. Chinatown. I mean, good soundtrack, by the way. I actually don't know that one. Well, you know what? The, the yeah, conversation mission, around great movie. The conversation around the, the the kids and social media. I have to. Yeah. I definitely have yeah. to plug this is that when I talk about the team environment of talking to my children, mm -hmm. the captain is, is my wife. So, oh, yeah. you know, there from you a go. team yeah. perspective, it, it, you know, you got to have a captain. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we are a team in how we approach our kids. So, you know, I appreciate the, the, the compliments, but it's definitely a, a She's team environment. Lady. Yes, definitely. Well, that's another thing you learn in sports is not only how to lead, but how to be led. That's an incredibly true. important skill. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, so the social media, I, we don't have to go all day about yeah. that, but it's such an interesting one. And it, But especially having kids. And this guy, not having your kid on it until two is good. But I'm <laughs> telling you, no, no critique necessarily, no judgment, just opening this up for sounds conversation. Like, sounds like a judgment. Sounds like, <laughs> right, yeah. Whenever you preface with that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not judging you. However, right. yeah. uh, I think, I mean, if you are pacifying your kid by just like putting an iPad in front of a yeah, yeah, yeah. one year old or a two year old. What? Yeah, no, keep going. I, well, I just, I, I think I'm, I'm not totally convinced, and I'm saying this again, not just off the cuff, right. but as someone who's researched this just right, a yeah. touch, uh, that I, I, I know that we don't know what that is doing to the to mm. the growth and expansion of neural networks and stuff like that. You're if you, if you are putting a device mm. in front of uh, of a two year old uh -huh. that is intended to hack very literally hack attention networks and hold them. What are you doing to the developing oh. attention networks in the brain? Oh yeah. Wow. No. no well, I, I don't know that I don't take that as a criticism. I mean, like my yeah. son. So my my son. What is it? He doesn't play with a phone, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Doesn't watch TV. Yet, but I do think that I think, and it's just one man's theory, right? Mm -hmm. That's more important for my son to learn to speak and communicate with mm -hmm. his Spanish caregiver mm -hmm. right now and then think mm -hmm. about things yeah, yeah. differently because even the way they use sentences oh, are yeah. different oh, yeah. than it is for him to. I mean, I've got a good friend who's got a kid about the same age, and this kid probably has the exact opposite lifestyle of yeah. my kid. And look, the truth is, the world's gonna keep spinning, right? right. You can only yep. do what you can do. Right. And so you gotta do what you 
think is right and what you believe in. Sure. But in the end, we all gravitate towards some big pool in the middle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right? right? <laughs> right yeah. Although I, I'd like to think that I'm outside of that, but, you know, yeah. I don't know. I just think that uh, no one knows, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to go with, I, I've heard that the number one thing that, the number one trait of successful people, hmm. right, is being able to kind of maintain a level of focus and delay uh, satisfaction, delay That's right. gratification, right? Yes. And so if your kid's crying and you give them the phone, right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Instant gratification, yes. right? Yes. And then it's done. So and that's the world totally we live right. in today. And I, you know, I want my guy to be frustrated and work through it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that's right. Can't, right? That's, that's right, exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly right. Delayed gratification. There's there's no doubt. It's one of the, the most important outcomes of sports if you do it well. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to hijack this. This is your, oh, no. this is your day. But these are such res- relevant uh, concepts. There are two things that I think are there are probably exactly right. Fifth year, I mean, fifth year basketball guys don't exist. People don't have patience lot, like right? that. Don't <laughs> no. Have, no, I mean, but right, it's yeah. just people. I think when you're a fifth year, particularly, I was a fifth year football guy mm-hmm. and a fifth year in basketball. I mean, you were choosing to come back. He yep. already graduated. He graduated, right? 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 That's a, I mean, yeah. you know, that is a commitment. Yes. Right. And and what I would suggest is that not only does that make you exceptional, and that's no fluff. It's just the truth. It's because it's, it's not regular. Okay. So, yeah. uh, but also, I wonder if we are, like you said, unintentionally chipping away at kids' ability to do that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're, because think about this: the way that the phone is set up is you take the existing attention span of a human and you under, undercut it by just a touch. Meaning, a game or an interface, will, it'll it'll adjust right before you lose attention. Right, right. And yes. that will keep just like any other threshold will keep coming down and down and down. Just like co- tolerance for coffee will right. require you need a little bit more to get the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Same idea, except it comes down with time and attention. So. Uh, I think it is going to be, you're right, delay of gratification is a, is a massive longitudinal predictor of success. And are we undercutting our kids' ability to do that unintentionally? I think probably we are. But does it, uh, to go along with that, you yeah. know, as a, you know, you don't see kids playing as much outside with each other because they can play through games. Yes. Yeah, right. And that could, and maybe that has an impact. It's got to, uh, no you know, doubt. it could have an impact to, to exactly what you're pointing there's no doubt and and you know a a funny story is that a friend of mine uh uh you know asked me the question he said ask your kids have they ever had water holes water water holes water i like that and so (laughs) i went home and i asked them i said yeah I said, have you ever had water hose water? And yeah. they're like, what are you, uh, what are you, ta- Ew. Ew, what are you yeah. talking about? And this was some years ago. And it dawned on me. It's like, wait a minute. These kids, like, that was the that was better than Fiji. That was so refreshing, by the way. That was so good as Cold a kid. And, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but then it, it, made, it made me think about, you know, going outside and playing with friends yeah. and, and, and how, you know, again, it's, it's small things, but... It has impact later on in life. It kind of what does. you're talking about is, you know, dealing with the conflict with your best friend because he won't he won't give yes. you the ball. Right, right. But right. you wanted to drive ride your bikes down this street. He wanted to go here. And right. How you dealt with that conflict and some of that, you know, have you ever tagged had water to, uh, water? I like right? that. Yeah. Water we we sound water. like we sound like the old guys. No, 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 that, but, you know, we we went four miles up the road to no, go to school and no, in yeah, snow. Yeah, in that's right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, look, I was just talking to someone the other day, and. I got a friend who's got a couple kids, and it occurred to me, we're just joking around, and we're like, yo, his kid has never mowed a lawn. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, wow. lives in a suburb. Yeah. Right? Oh. Where there are lawns. <laughs> and where there are lawns. It's not the concrete jungle. No, no, yeah. no, no. This is a suburb. And I, and I was like, whoa, wait yeah. a minute. And I'm yeah. not saying like, listen, man, I was fortunate. I have two great parents. You know, they provided for us. But I mean, you know, they it wasn't like we didn't live in the lap of luxury and right, they didn't right. make anything easy. Right. 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 Where, from where they came from, you know, it was right. a long road. But, but right. I'm just saying when you're I'm like, wow, this was like a 13 year old guy. Yeah. Who lives in a suburb with lawns. Right. Right. <laughs> never mowed a lawn. Right. <laughs> and it, and it may not take, right. and that is almost like a metaphor for a, a grander idea. But you're, yeah. but you're exactly right. right. I think uh, to see that opportunity to, uh, and and not have to engage with it. I remember. Um, now I'm not gonna go down the story of my own life. I only have to address this. Yeah. It, this look, this is a business yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, why? Why do sports we not? And business. Sports, sports and business. Sports and business. That's right. That's fair. Right, People, right. etc. As you right, so right. eloquently explained, could we not sort of a. Could we have a find a bottling company, okay, and just get a hose and <laughs> water hose water for the next generation, right? You, know you market it to people in a certain age demographic. It's like, have your kids ever drinking from a hose? Water hose water. Water hose water. You know what? I'll talk to Listen, some of my colleagues on the we, other side of the insurance business. Yes. Because we're gonna need a lot of uh, because we're gonna right. need a lot of errors on omission. Yeah. Right. Water hose water. Water hose water. Yeah. Water water. yeah. A lot of lawsuits. Yeah, that's right. Well, Are we yeah. writing this now? Too? I feel like we didn't write that one down. It's on the tape. So we got water hose water. We have what? No, 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 the con book? confronting confrontation, confronting confrontation by Jerry Hester. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to keep few business ideas. Yeah, that's right, that's this. right. That's not bad. So, Thank you, well, Mapper. Yeah. All Big Ten in life. That's Jerry, it, I would say so. Yeah, right. From, from media, got the media vote, at least. No. Yeah, right. Thumbs up. You know, we still, Show killer. Still on the yeah. journey. Still on the journey. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good point. So that, that's... Yeah. One of the interesting parts of being an athlete and having a future, uh, having like a plan in mind, designing for it, really believing, is um, that you almost get comfortable with the idea that that is probably never going to stop. You never get to the point where it's like, I won a Big Ten, chan Big Ten championship, I'm done. I've got my own business, I'm done. I've right. got, so what's next for, two-part question, I guess. How do you make peace with that? How are you competitive and driven, but, you know, kind of steady and inside yourself? And then with that in mind, where is this path taking you? Well, I think uh, well, from from the business perspective, I mean, it's, it's a long journey. You can't, you know, with what I described of, you know, one of the reasons why I started my business was to was uh, to bring to, uh, to to bring the insurance business and the opportunities uh, to different demographics. Right. And right. it wasn't uh, just a just one demographic that, that dominated, and, it, and that, that may not change, but. How can I uh, in increase the profile to where other people would would want to be involved in this business? Because it can be, uh, you know, just from a economic perspective, you know, you, you, you can make a good living yeah. and, you know, run your own schedule, things like that, mm -hmm. and, and have the flexibility. Um, but I think for me, you know, that, that's a long runway, you know, right. to say, you know, how, how can I help be part of that change to see, to see growth in the industry from that perspective? So... From that journey, I know that's a long one, and mm -hmm. it's one that I'm, I'm I'm willing to continue to 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 go after. In addition to that, um, you know, just want to see, uh, you know, pushing the envelope from an innovation standpoint right. uh, from the industry perspective, mm -hmm. and you're starting to see that with 
you know, fintech, insurtech, mm. as far as technology, you know, getting involved with the insurance industry, but also just thinking differently about um, how the products are produced and how we communicate with the with the general public and with some of the clients that I have from a from an institutional perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some thoughts and ideas I have around that that uh, that I'm working on that I can't share yet. Yeah, but uh, but to create an environment to where it is a more global uh, business, easy to access, um, uh, but then also simple, mm -hmm. simple and efficient. You know, going back to you know what what our business is about. So so there, there's a long runway in, in what in what I want to accomplish. Uh, I love that. But uh, but you know a, a a coach of mine said this. And it was actually a culture that I had when I played overseas because I played seven years professionally right. over in Europe and mm. through a translator. Uh, through a train. Oh, through, so through a translator. Oh, I got some stories about that. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I bet. I believe it. I but, uh, Which country, sorry? So I played in Poland, mm -hmm. uh, Israel, Yugoslavia, and England. Wow. Um, but this was actually the coach that I had in, uh, in Israel. Yeah. And it was, I think it was one of the assistant coach. And basically, it was you're either ripe and rotting or green and growing. And then there's wait, I think you're ripe and rotting or green and growing. Yeah, so wow. you think about a fruit. What did he know, speak? What language was his native language, by the way? Well, this was he, uh, Hebrew. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, but it was, and it was through a translator, but I can't remember. No, um, but that's good though. But actually, I heard it later on through another mentor of mine that. Uh, uh, through an insurance business that said it also. And I remember, you know, it said a little differently when I was in Israel, but it was basically the same concept sure. as far as, you know, you think about a fruit, you know, it's either ripe and it's only, well, if you're green, you're trying to get to ripe. Right. right. And if you're ripe, then now you're basically that, rotting. And so <laughs> you always you always want to be in that green and growing phase. Right. Yeah. And you don't want to get to a point to where you feel like you know everything because then now right. when you feel like you know everything, then there's only one way to go, right? That's right. right. Is to go down or to rock. Right. And that's one place Shawshank. I never... Shawshank. Get busy living or get busy dying. Is that Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, Shawshank. Is that what it's from? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's... You Are you a movie that buff? That was you don't know, man. I just, you know, I just... I'm just asking. I don't no, know. No, I don't know that I'm a movie buff, but I just remember things from But you've movie. seen Shawshank Redemption. But I've Redemption. seen Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Pester Insurance Group. Yeah, how can people find you? Go to the website, uh, www.hesterig.com. But uh, again, we're you know we're we're more involved. We have a website. You know, it's up there for people to to know what we do. But mm -hmm. we, you know, we I like interacting with people. That's so, right. So you know, yeah. situation if you call, call and let's let's have a cup of coffee. Right. Let's and you'll sign basketball. And you can get excited. <laughs> there you go. Well, everybody that was going to go to the website, they decided not to. Just because you mentioned that, Hughes. Thank you for that. So. Bring your own basketball. Well, listen, uh, I'm, we're super happy to have you. And that's no, that's I appreciate the truth. it. Yeah, this, um, was, this is good. Everything you said was spot on. So thanks for all the work you're doing, everything that you've done. And we're excited to follow and watch. Watch where you're going, man. All right, $40, all right. you. That's that what it is? 40, okay, that's I got it. You. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Perfect. We could not do our work without coffee. Is that fair, Alex? Fair. And there are not many better coffee spots in Chicago than Gallery Cafe. Gallery Cafe, which is run by our good friend Eugene and his brother Billy and just a host of amazing people, is located at 1760 West North Avenue 
in Chicago, Illinois. It is an historic building in a really cool neighborhood, Wicker Park, with high quality coffee sourced from around the world and roasted in-house. They've also got food. We actually splurged and got a, what was it, an apple cider potato donut today. But they also make sandwiches and amazing breakfast wraps to order. Perfect place to grab a cup of coffee, get some work done, and stick around till lunch. Make sure you stop in and let them know the Good Athlete Project sent you.